All right, welcome back to another episode of Just a Girl from Cleveland. This is episode 62, and if you can't tell, my voice is is a little rough right now. Uh, It was a long weekend. I was in Columbus this weekend. As I mentioned last episode, I was going back for Ohio State's homecoming. Um, It was really exciting to be back there on a game day. I haven't been there in a while just because of the pandemic and everything, so... Um, It was my first game day in two years, um, which is really, really exciting. Uh, We won 66 to 17, looked great. CJ threw for over 400 yards. He was awesome. And for the second game in a row, I would say it felt like the Buckeyes across the board looked like their old electrifying selves again, where we just light up our opponents. Uh, Massive, massive win. You know, we do have a tough schedule when you look at the rest of the season. I know we have a couple more Big Ten games, some of them unranked, but uh, even though we are sixth in the rankings right now, we still have to play seventh-ranked Penn State, who just lost to Iowa. They were um, four prior to that, I believe, and Iowa was three. Um, It was an awesome game watching those two play. I love a storming the field moment after a game. Some of my best memories in college were storming the field, which sounds like one of the most conceited things you could say as as a football fan that um, I had multiple storming the field moments that were awesome, Uh, but truly a great moment as a, a college student to experience that. Um, But we also play number 10, Michigan state. They're a really good team this year. And then we've also got obviously that team up North who right now is ranked eight. Um, And that's always a good game, no matter what the rankings are, because that's what a rivalry game is all about. Um, So I'm not really worried about even being ranked six right now. It's easy to mid-season get get caught up in the semantics of these rankings, but it doesn't really matter because we have to beat three ranked teams, um, and then we would go to the Big Ten championship game, most likely would probably play Iowa there, have to beat them, and you're in the playoffs, so you, you have to win to get there. Um, I don't think if we win all of those things, we will certainly be in the top four um, come the end of the season. So not getting caught up in being only at six right now. We do obviously have that loss um, earlier in the season to Oregon, but I think if you have the opportunity to beat that many ranked teams, especially in the Big Ten, uh, which is such a solid conference right now, uh, in terms of how many teams we have that are ranked, uh, clearly, I just listed off three of them right there, pretty high up. So um, going to be a, a tough year to to make it, but um, hoping all goes well. Still got a lot of football left to play, so we will see what happens. Um, but yeah, great weekend in Columbus, feeling that energy. Me and my friends met two of the guys from the Bachelorette, which was kind of funny. Um, if you're a Bachelor fan, it was... Um, Greg and Andrew from Katie season. I know a couple other ones were there also from Katie season, but that was pretty funny. And it was, um, everyone in Columbus was looking to find them that weekend. So, uh, that was, that was interesting. Um, other college football highlights was Bama losing to Texas A&M. And I was at a bar in Columbus that night still, um, just hanging out, watching that game. And I swear that bar behaved as if Ohio State had beat Alabama themselves uh, the way everyone just absolutely lost their mind. It was 
awesome. And I'm sure many other places in America were reacting like that because I think we all like to see Alabama lose once in a while. They do plenty of winning, so that was pretty pretty awesome to watch and, and the way it came down to that kick at the very end of the game. Uh, and AM is an unranked team or was an unranked team. Uh, so that was that was bad for Bama. Uh, college football is just wild in this year, but um, always fun. So um, going to get into some NFL talk, obviously. have many, many things to say about the Browns game, and that's probably part of my voice being so bad right now, too, was um, that game took a physical toll on my body because of the uh, emotional toll it was taking. I literally got a notification from my phone as I was sitting on my couch, so I am in a resting position, and my phone told me from my Apple Watch that I was, um, my heart rate was way too high for being inactive. It said it was over 120 beats per minute for a period of 10 minutes. I looked at what that time might have been. I think that was right around that horrific pass interference call. And my heart rate skyrocketed, <laughs> so much so for such a long period of time while sitting that my my Apple Watch had to let me know that, hey, I think there's a problem with you right now. Um, and there probably is, but you know, it was one of the worst calls I've ever seen in my life. So I will get into that later. I have a couple other things I want to hit on first before I, I go deep into the Browns game. Uh, starting off with um, the Bengals-Packers game, which was... I'm sure um, a similar feeling game for those fan bases. High heart rate, a lot of emotion because um, missed kick central. I mean, what a crazy game. I was personally rooting for the Packers because some teams in the AFC North are going to need to start losing more. Our division is too good. I'm hoping tonight, um, I'm recording this Monday, I'm hoping in Monday Night Football that maybe the Ravens could lose to the Colts. That would be super awesome, super exciting, but... Can't see, can't count on anything. Just have to control what you can do as a team. Um, but anyways, I was rooting for the Packers in that game to win, and they certainly had many opportunities to do that. Mason Crosby uh, missed a couple kicks, but also Bengals kicker Evan McPherson missed a couple kicks as well. He even celebrated early on one that he missed, thinking that he made it, which is probably the most embarrassing thing you can do as a kicker, is to celebrate a kick that you missed. Um, so... Very interesting game, but the Packers were able to come out on top. I'm still a little confused on who the Bengals are. They have some really amazing moments. That Jamar Chase-Joe Burrow connection is incredible. One of the best to watch in the NFL. Probably will be for a very long time. Uh, But then they have some really bad, ugly moments too. So I think they're a team that's still figuring it out, but they're definitely on uh, an upwards trajectory so far. Um, Hanging with a team like the Packers, you know, so... um, That was an interesting game for sure. The other game that obviously stood out this weekend, Chiefs-Bills, the matchup everyone was talking about, and the Bills just absolutely dominated that Chiefs team. Um, I said before the season I thought Josh Allen was going to win MVP. After week one against the Steelers, I thought I made the stupidest pick in the entire world. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. The Bills are going to be trash. What is this? And that is why we do not make any judgments or conclusions after one week of football because he's been pretty great since then. Uh, they went on to beat the Chiefs 38-20. to 20. 
Josh had 315 passing yards, three passing TDs, and one rushing TD. Chiefs defense looked pretty awful, um, continue to look pretty awful. I don't know what they're going to do about that because I know you've got Patrick Mahomes, but you got to have a defense that can keep it together. When the Bills score 38 points, it's really hard for, for you to win. So um, the interesting watch of the Chiefs continues. They're 2-3 and three now, which is pretty crazy and you know they've they've had a tough schedule so far but you would think that they would win some of those um and they just haven't pulled them out so we'll continue to monitor the monitor that i'm not totally discounting them yet because it is patrick mahomes and the chiefs and they've they've made it to some super bowls now they've got a lot of talent on offense so i don't think you can ever fully count them out probably going to get some wins as their schedule you know get some easier games in there so um We'll see what happens, but right now the Bills are are looking like the the best team in the AFC at this time. Um, who knows? We might see those teams match up again later in January, but um, as of right now, man, Bills dominating, absolutely. Okay, so not going to talk about any other NFL games because got to get into the Browns. So like I said... That game took an emotional and a physical toll on my body. It was hard to watch that fourth quarter for a lot of reasons. I'm not going to do the five key takeaways this week because I just need to let it all out. And I, I don't think after that game I can do that in a structured way because I have so many feelings uh, and emotions at this point in time. So I'm just going to put it all out there. So I'll start with one good thing that I thought in the game, which was David Njoku is a great tight end, and I'm very happy we have them have him on our team. Um, I've said before, I, I think he is our best tight end. I've thought that for a while, and he's continuing to step up in really big moments. Even last year in the playoff game against the Chiefs, he was the guy who really stepped up and lived up to the moment, and he's continued to do that on many occasions, and um, it was really uh, exciting to watch him play so well. Uh, lucky to have him. There's my one good thing. <laughs> lot of, lot of bad things. Um, I guess okay. One other good thing. Baker did have a good, solid game. He was 23 of 32, 305 yards, two touchdowns. It was a good bounce back after the performance last week, where it felt like he was not very accurate. He was much more accurate this week. Um, I know there's a lot of debate on some of his reads um, being a little bit questionable. I think some of those are still up for debate on if they were questionable or if he was seeing things that maybe us as the average viewer was not seeing as some people have dug into the tape a little bit more. So I know it's easy to jump to conclusions on things, say, why didn't he throw to OBJ there? Why didn't he do this? But um, as we dig into things more, sometimes those things become more clear and um, maybe it doesn't look as dumb. And even at the very end of the game, I thought his Hail Mary that Higgins could have potentially caught had he turned his head around was one of the best throws I have seen from Baker ever. I mean, it was extremely accurate. If Higgins had looked up, he would have been able to catch it, even though I can't remember who else was down there in the end zone, got completely taken out, and probably that should have been a flag on uh, the Chargers, but, you know, we didn't get calls yesterday. It was it was not allowed, so... Um, Baker had a great throw there, and I will. I definitely want us to give 
credit when credit is due just because the receiver didn't catch it doesn't mean it wasn't a perfect throw. I think that was on Higgins for not turning. I'm not really sure what he was doing in that moment, but um, should have should have had his head around because it was a really great throw. Okay, I think that's my last good thing. <laughs> so, bad things. Um, I'll start off with things that we did that were in our control as a team. Play calling in the second half, particularly the fourth quarter. Some questionable decisions from Kevin Stefanski, which we've had a couple moments this season with some more questionable decisions. Look, he's a great coach, and I... He's done so much for this team, this organization, that I'll be forever grateful for, but definitely have to be critical in those moments when he messes up. Don't really understand what he was doing there when we had the ball with, what was it, three minutes left. Um, that was, it was hard to watch, and I know he said in his interviews today that he very much regrets some of those calls. He feels sick about them today, and I'm I'm sure he does, but... It's hard because you just don't get those moments back. Um, And we have to be better. He knows he has to be better. Um, So that was tough to watch. That was something that we did that I feel like we could have done better. There were so many things in that game, though, that were out of our control, which makes a loss like that so hard to swallow. Um, Number one being injuries. I mean, the injuries are just decimating our team specifically so many to our defense yesterday it just felt like every five seconds someone was in the medical tent um and i didn't know if we were going to make it out of that game um with being able to field an entire team it felt like that someone was just going out on every play i mean before the game even the day before jedrick wills was they said that he was going to be out um, Clowney, right before the game, they said he was going to be out for knee soreness. So right there, you're you're down more than you would like to be. Then during the game, Ward came out with a neck injury. He's getting an MRI. JOK went to the hospital with a throat contusion, which is weird because Joe Burrow also had that same injury in his game. And I swear I've never heard of a throat contusion before. And then we had two happen in one day. Pretty wild. But um, he is apparently going to be okay. He was let go from the hospital. I guess he's good to go, so happy we'll have him back. Um, Greedy kept playing, but he definitely irritated his shoulder in the game, Um, and he had an awesome game, actually. Uh, Really happy to see him step up in the moment. He was playing hard. Uh, Conklin came out with a knee injury, and he's getting an MRI. MJ Stewart, hamstring injury, and he is also getting an MRI. Uh, I haven't heard about any of the results from these MRIs yet, so Fingers crossed and hoping for the best man because it's just, it's brutal to have so many guys go down like that and you're playing a really stellar offense in the Chargers. You could, A lot of our issues on defense, I think, came from communication issues and that might also have stemmed from having a bunch of random guys out there at times because we were just trying to plug in the holes that we had from injuries. Uh, that's when some miscommunications happen, some mistakes are made. We leave some of their receivers completely wide open uh, because of those miscommunications and they get easy scores out of it. Uh, You can't, it's hard to win games when things like that happen because obviously physically it's tough, but um, mentally it's also tough to watch these long touchdown bombs to wide open receivers. It, it hurts a lot. (laughs) Um, 
and then it just exhausts your team. Like I said, it's, it's tiring. Um, and other things that were out of our control in this game, uh, penalties. I really hate to be that person that complains about the refs because everyone at some point in their life has had a game where they feel that they've been wronged and I know it's a part of the game, but it is so hard to watch it when it actually affects the outcome of the game. Um, I'm obviously referring to the pass interference call. It was called a defensive pass interference. It should have been offensive pass interference. The worst part is that it was on fourth down and the Chargers would have turned the ball over on downs. And at that point, in my mind, the game basically would have been over. We would have gotten the ball back because of them turning it over on downs. Um, and they were able to score on that and it changed everything in the game. And so it's really hard to come back from that. I can't stop looking at the pictures and the clip of the way his hand was pulling on AJ Green's jersey. It was just, it's brutal and it's something has got to give with the pass interference calls because time and time again, these are affecting the outcomes of games. I know it's not just the Browns. Lots of teams have gone through this at some point um, because it's it's such a drastic penalty um, where you're you're sometimes it's a, like a 50 yard penalty. That's insane when you think about it. It changes games. Um, I don't know where we go from here with that rule. Like I keep wanting to change it. I don't know what the answer is. If you just make it maybe a 15 yard penalty, regardless of where you're at on the field. I feel like a lot of people might be against that, but I just feel like it's such a game changer and it's so drastic in so many important moments in games that we cannot keep going on like this where it literally ruins teams and it's you can't come back from that. How do you come back from a fourth down call like that that is missed when we would have gotten the ball back right then, I can't I can't make sense of it in my head. There were other moments in the games that really hurt too. Every single play, Miles Garrett gets held. Every single play. Some of them more egregious than others. And I know he deals with it because he's tough and he can handle it, but sometimes it's really hard to watch when it's that egregious and they don't call it because it's Miles Garrett. Um, and then they call ticky-tacky ones the other way uh, because it's not Miles Garrett. Uh, there was a literal throat grab against J.C. Treader. He was being choked in the middle of the game, and he got called for holding. How do so many calls not go the Browns' way? It is mind-boggling. It's frustrating. I feel like I'm rambling at this point, but there are so many things that changed the game. As good as we played on offense for most of that game, it's really hard to overcome those things. And I'm struggling to deal with it today. I I woke up sad. I was sad when I went to bed last night because it just hurts to lose those games. Such a high score when we it felt like we were the better team for th- at least three full quarters of that game. I know it's not all the refs. We have to find a way to finish games ourselves, and we are, weren't able to do that. Some of it, like I said, being play calling. And we're going to have to be better in those situations because the refs are going to be the refs and they're going to continue to be like that. And we have no idea what calls they're going to make in the future. So you just have to go out there and and win it yourself. But um, just brutal. And I'm 
giving myself, um, like I said, I'm recording this Monday. I'm, I'm giving myself the rest of today to be mad and to sulk and to be sad. And then tomorrow I am mentally moving on to next week because we have another really tough matchup against the Cardinals. Explosive offense. Kyler Murray so far having an MVP season. Um, like I said, I'm anxiously awaiting some of our injury updates on the defense because we are going to need everything we can get against the Cardinals. Uh, I'm not sure if Jarvis is going to be back. That's another one that might uh, be returning. He is running again this week, they said, at practice. So um, they're going to monitor that. We'll see if we have him back. I think we've we've missed him. He He looked really great for us before he got hurt. So definitely would be nice to have him back, but mostly we need some of these defensive guys to be to be okay and to not be injured for for this upcoming game because it's going to be a tough one some of the things i think we need to focus on the cardinals had um four fourth down stops against the 49ers um, which isn't great for us because we've only converted 45 percent of our fourth downs this season um we've gone for 11 fourth down gone for it on 11 fourth downs and have only converted on five of them so we're going to have to do better in that area and cannot let the Cardinals do that to us like they did to the 49ers. Um, interestingly, Arizona is actually the only team in the league that has converted 100% of their fourth downs this season. They've only gone for it three times, so they're not as um, aggressive of a team. Uh, smaller sample size, obviously. Less opportunity to make some mistakes, um, unlike the Browns or the Chargers, two teams that repeatedly just love going for it on fourth down. Um, but... And you know we are still going to continue to do that. We are. That's how we operate as a team. That's how Kevin Stefanski operates as a as a coach. Um, it's how we run our offense. So we absolutely need to convert those, and our defense needs to stop those. Uh, it's crucial in some of these games where you have two major offenses to not let them be able to go up and down the field like that, and giving them four chances on, you know, each time rather than get those stops. You need to get those stops. They can't keep going down the field like that. Um, I mean, in this past game against the Chargers, we allowed them to convert four fourth downs, one of those being the A.J. Green pass interference call. So I don't count that one in my mind because in my mind, that is a actual stop. Um, but that that's a lot. And that is the difference in a game right there. So that's going to be the key for our defense moving forward. Stop those. Our offense convert. <laughs> Um, we need good play calling down the stretch. I hope that Kevin Stefanski is going to learn from his mistakes. I know he even said in his press conference today that he kind of had gotten caught up on the previous play. Can't do that. He needs to, um, be better in those scenarios and he knows that I'm not going to ever sit here and act like I know more than these players and coaches like some people try to do on the internet, um, but he'll be better, and he knows he needs to be better. There's nothing I can say that will change or, or affect that. And then lastly, we obviously need the refs to stay out of the game. People can say that you shouldn't make excuses for the refs, but like I said, when it changes the entire game, it matters. So hoping for the best in that category. Um, and I guess one last thing is we did not turn the ball over against the Chargers, which is awesome. And I would love for us to do that again. That's usually a key in winning games is us not turning the ball over. So hoping for the best in that category as well. But it's, like I said, it's 
it's been a tough weekend recovering emotionally, mentally, physically, everything right now. But we are going to move on to the next week. It's another tough matchup. Then we've got some somewhat easier games uh, throughout. We've had a really rough stretch to start the season, some really tough matchups. Uh, Our two losses to the Chiefs and Chargers, two of the best teams in the AFC. So I'm mad, but it's not like we were losing to, you know, the Texans. We beat the teams we needed to beat. We're not winning down the stretch in the games against the best of the best yet, and we need to start doing that, but it's not the end of the world yet. A lot of football left to be played moving on to week six, and I know that they're going to bounce back and be ready for it, hoping we can get the win so that we don't go to three and three. It just, I don't want to do that. I I really don't want to do that. So hoping for the best, but um, that's all I have for you guys today. If you could leave me a review rating, please do that. I love, love, love to see those. Um, Follow, subscribe, all of those good things. Tell a friend, a Browns fan, friend, a Buckeye friend, someone who just likes to talk football. Send it over to them. Have them give it a listen. Uh, I appreciate all of you. Thanks for dealing with my rough voice today. I'm really struggling. (laughs) But uh, hopefully it'll be better next week. Maybe won't have such an emotional time during the the Browns-Cardinals game. But I make no promises. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Go Browns as always.